Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I have had this realization. You texted me to set up our podcast time and I set an alarm for 15 minutes before. The second the alarm went off, it made me think I'm hungry. So there's this Pavlovian response because you always make fun that I eat on the podcast and I don't do it anymore. The second I was like, it's podcast time, I went in and ate some of my birthday cake. There's something about, I think because there's like, mind calories burned for this because it's like you're listening and you're funny and I have to sit still. It makes me, and I tend to eat a lot when I write, like it makes me hungry. So it's like, ding, podcast, cake time. Ding, podcast, carrots. Do you feel full of cake now though? You're good? I have a fun hack for anybody. I was going to save it for a top of the cob, but I'm just going to tell you now. So we're going to talk about my birthday at some point, but brought home this whole cake. Couldn't eat it at the party. Wasn't hungry for it at the party. Put your birthday cake in the microwave for like a little bit longer than you should because nobody wants cold cake. I hate that. Put your birthday cake in the microwave for like 30 seconds. Warm birthday cake. It melts the icing a little bit, but then it's just, the butter is just more apparent. It is tasty. I'm telling you, zap that cake. Did, where were you storing it? Were you storing it in the fridge or the freezer? The fridge. I wasn't, it's not like a wedding cake. I'm not going to keep it. And I just, it gets too cold. So I just, put it in the microwave and it was a tasty time. And I had it with coffee, like an adult. I had half a birthday cake. And I have a lot of sugar coursing through me right now. And I feel anxious. And I have to keep taking deep breaths. So you're going to, are you going to recap your birthday for us? We had your pre-birthday, your pre-pre-birthday. This is post-birthday. First of all, I want to say I invited many people, but among them was Hot Scotty. And he came with his wife, Christy, and they were awesome. And I haven't seen him since before COVID. Right. I don't know. This is supposed to be like we're all in a room together. Nobody thinks that. And so it was really nice. And uh, he kept saying like, I hope, I was hoping Emily would surprise us. And then Noah was like, in hindsight, the money I spent on the cake, like I should have just bought Emily a ticket here. And I was like, you couldn't lure her out of her crawfish hole. So we did. you were missed. Um, and he did mention you. And Scott, how was the party? My legs are still sore from dancing. My face is sore from smiling. Uh, the vibe, the music, the people, the fact that everybody was dressed like some sort of off-the-clock superhero, it was just amazing. Yeah, ringing endorsement from a hot Scotty number one. 
Uh, the party was really cool. <laughs> no! The bottom of the cob is my dog is like extra sensitive and anytime she hears my baby, she like loses her mind and it's getting, it's getting difficult. Any sound the baby makes or just like if the baby cries? If the baby's happy? I cannot, the second the baby's up, even though we have full-time help, I cannot sleep because the dog growls or barks from the other room to like, the baby's there. And I, no matter how much I kiss her or scold her, she's just like, I'm doing my thing. It's a lot. Um, and it's frustrating because Tianfu is also just baby. Anyway, the party was sick. We had it in a warehouse downtown. And like nobody really wants to hear a full recap of a party, but I think the best part was everybody did the theme. Like nobody showed up like, oh, I don't want it. This is lame. Like everybody interpreted the rave theme differently. Some people went all out like Hunter and Ashton showed up. Hunter Hill, who opens for me and his wife, Ashton, in like full bucket hat, camo pants, candy bracelets, some people, like Greg went as a drug dealer, so he had like a backpack filled with candy and different bags. It was just awesome. And my favorite, favorite part, and actually Scott was a part of this, was looking over and seeing people who had just met, like taking pictures together, like having the best time. And once again, from all of my friends that I don't see that much, getting the feedback of like, oh my God, Eliza, your friends are so nice. And I was like, that's because no one here is famous. <laughs> no, I was like, it's it's really nice. Like my consistent feedback when I bring new people in is, oh, your friends are so nice because I'm not friends with fake people. Like it was a, like everybody there was like a sweet person and it was fucking dope. And Scott wrote me a nice, it sounds like Scott was the only person there, but one of my <laughs> friends was like, you helped a hundred people get to be teenagers for the night. And it was just cool, but like elevated. Like the cocktails were nice with premium alcohol. Like we weren't drinking jungle juice out of a shoe. I was looking at your Instagram stories and was very impressed by the theme, uh, the way that you followed it, the little, the drinks that you made, like you thought of every element of it. You really- I love, thank you. I love a good detail. I love going to parties just to see like how thoughtful the details were. And while they may not have mattered to everyone, it like mattered to me that the bathroom was stocked like a nightclub. Like I bought body glitter. Oh, here's the best part. I bought body glitter, lip gloss. I sourced 2000E, like early 2000s, late 90s fragrances. So you could use Ed Hardy. You could use Curve. I had Bath and Body Works Sweet Pea. We had Axe. Um, and at the end of the night, last week, I put on a charity event for um, this organization called Worthy of Love. And they, they throw birthday parties for homeless kids or kids experiencing homelessness downtown. Um, in Los Angeles. And I was connected to them through my friend Mayim. They asked if I wanted to sponsor one. And I was like, why don't I just throw you a fundraiser? And I sent a text. It was important to me that the lineup be Jewish um, because I think people associate charity with Christianity and Catholicism when you really don't know that like one of the pillars of Judaism is Sadaka, which is like giving back. And there are tons of Jewish services out there that aren't as glamorous, but like Jewish family services, Jewish Federation, like this is for everyone. Um, the JCC, like anyone can belong to that. And so it was important to me. We didn't make a note of it publicly, but like I let, I sent a text to Sarah Silverman, Jeff Ross and Mark Marin, And I was like, will you please come do 20 minutes? Like donate your time. And they were like, yes, we packed it out. We made like over $11,000 for this charity. And it just felt really good to like do something like that. Now people are aware of the organization. It felt awesome. The woman who, who's in charge of it, Mandy Davis, I invited her to my party. And at the end of the night, I gave her all of the candy bracelets, all of the glitter, all of the lip glosses. And I was like, 
take these to the next birthday party. So it felt really good to, I mean, all the ones that people didn't use, like it felt really good to just, it wasn't just going to go to the staff. It wasn't, I would never let it go in the garbage, but it just, it was just a good week. It felt really good. And it was nice that we raised all that, all that money for those kids. Hey, stop moving. Stay here. And I'm telling Tianfu she's lost her privileges to sit on the couch alone. Fine, go. What'd she do? Just barking at the baby. Anyway, I know that was a lot, but I've had some cake. So party was dope. And the apex of it was uh, the DJ playing Alice DJ Better Off Alone. And that was like at the height of the party and everybody was on the dance floor. I jumped and danced for probably three hours straight. I think I sweat out like six pounds and my calves are paying for it this morning. Did people sing happy birthday at the rave? So I didn't want that, but Noah being a mensch ordered like this special cake behind my book and they sang happy birthday. And for the first time in a few years, like I publicly blew out candles because everybody had to get a PCR test before they came to the party. It was fucking dope. Check out my Insta for pics. Well, will they That's still it. be up on, for, are you going to post some to the grid by when this episode yeah. airs? There'll be a reel or something, but I had a, the best time and it was just so special to see all the people you love like doing a fun theme. That's what people want. People want to fucking dress up fun and dance. Nobody wants to dress in a flappers costume or a 007 costume. Like if, oh, Casino Royale, cool. Now I have to look fucking stunning in a dress with a high slit. Like people want, to make things out of their own closet and go fucking nuts and dance. That's what people want. That's what every girl wants. And I don't know why it's so hard to come by this. Nobody wants to just like go to a cocktail party and just stand there in a dumb costume. Everybody wants a fucking sick time in a warehouse with me. Oh, Casino Royale. Oh, cool. You rented a craps table. Cool. Maybe they want it. I don't want it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Great. All right. Good work. You, you go. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I've been a fan of your comedy for years, but I've only recently discovered the podcast and I'm really enjoying listening to old episodes. Starting each day with some AIA on my commute to the office. I appreciate your honest, direct, no BS approach to complicated social situations. My question. I, 37 female, and my husband, 37 male, have become really close friends with our neighbors, 42 female, let's call her Anne, and 40 male, let's call him Dave, since we moved next door about four years ago. Kids are about the same ages and we have a lot in common. In the past year or so, Anne has been expressing a lot of frustration with her marriage, how much Dave contributes to work in the home, and how he makes financial decisions based on his own priorities without considering hers. Initially, I did express my opinions about Dave's behavior and try and advise Anne. At one point, I even tried to speak to Dave about this. However, nothing I said made any difference, and it seems my validating her even caused some harm. She feels stuck in the marriage because they have such young children and because many of the financial issues would be exacerbated, not resolved, if they did separate. Because she feels so stuck, it seems when I agree with her frustration with Dave, it makes her even more distressed. How can I support her without making her feel worse about her situation? Thank you. I would just tread lightly because this woman is telling you intimate details about her husband and you guys, all four of you are friends. And it's kind of like, if she's not doing anything about it, now you're kind of harboring all of this negative information. She could just be venting. 
So how do you, when she's venting, you know, if it seems like when our question asker agrees with her, she's distressed because she's like, oh, no, it is bad. But the question asker can't just also be like, no, Dave is fine. So what's kind of the middle ground? How do you tread around that lightly? I don't know. I think the bigger, I think it's just more like, you're like, do you really want me to be honest? Do you just want an ear? Because like, also like, how are you supposed to have dinner with this person now that you know all this stuff about? It sounds like you guys are kind of close. I would point blank be like, hey, I want you to know like I'm here, I'm supporting you, but I don't want to push you in either direction because it sounds like she really needs to talk to a therapist. It's kind of not fair to like put it on you because then you're like, you're right, Dave does suck. Because then when she's like, no, we're fine. Now you're like stuck with this. And like you are only hearing her side and you want to be a good friend, but ask her what she needs. Be like, do you want me to like give you my honest opinion? I don't want to make you feel worse. You also don't want to be like, give her your honest opinion and then have go her go back on it and then it's uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you can't, it's like you can't agree too hard, but you also can't. So you just have to kind of be the passive listener. Yeah, and like, that's okay. But like, she is telling you like secrets about her marriage. And that's a lot to hold on to because you're kind of, it's kind of embarrassing for Dave now or whatever his name is because you guys are hanging out. So just ask her, be like, what do you, what do you think about, what are you going to, what are you planning on doing about it? Like give her the power back. Be like, regardless, because it's not like she's going to sort her whole, whole life around what you thought. Maybe ask her more proactive questions. Maybe she does need to just vent without a solution. I think that happens a lot of times. People just want to vent. And the validation, if anything, like even if you do, she's clearly, she's still complaining about it. So she's not going to do anything about it. Maybe she just needs to vent more. And maybe suggest like, have you tried talking to someone? Because it's not fair for you to like shoulder all that. You also want to know like if you're giving advice that it's being heard versus like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot. Look out, look out for yourself. And t- say to her, you'd be like, just know like, I love you both. And like, we all hang out. So like, what, what are you, what steps are you taking to make yourself feel better? Just ask her. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's what yeah. I think. Don't you think? Yeah, turn it back on her as much as possible. Also, think about how uncomfortable it's going to be for you at the neighborhood cookout when you know that he, like, makes weird raccoon noises in bed. Like, you don't want to have to shoulder that responsibility. Okay, okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Eliza, Emily, Noah, Hot Scotty, and the rest of the Schlesinger gang coming in for your hot take. Hot takes. I'm female, 32, Minnesota-based, and work in tech sales. Partner, 36, male. Can we get more info? Can we get more info? (laughs) Male attorney is someone I've been dating for over a year and a half. Everything is wonderful, and we've been living together for almost eight months. I need your help. My partner is not a physical touch person, especially when stressed or during the work week and shows his love through acts of service or words of affirmation. My love languages directly clash with his being physical touch and quality time and those avenues are huge sources of de-stressors for me. We struggle very hard with this and it's hard to have to choose your needs over the others. This discrepancy of how we meet each other's needs is really tough. Help. P.S. I've been a super fan for years. I saw you for the first time at Mystic Lake Casino in Minnesota this past year. Listen to your podcast while cooking dinner. I know this guy's a keeper because he surprised me with the tickets and event t-shirt. So don't tell her to break up with him because he's he's buying Why, a lot of tickets. because he bought her tickets? To your show. Mm. <laughs> uh, you guys need to see a relationship therapist because you're at a, a bit of an impasse. And... I don't want to be, I think that's bad feminism to be like, all men are physical, but they are visual and more physical. They're visual creatures, they're physical creatures. I'm sure there are some men that aren't as touchy. I understand like if there's any PDA, but like, are you saying when you get in bed at night, he's just like, I'm good. He's also a lawyer. Some of those tend to be like type A and stressed. 
you want to make sure that it's truly him and that he would be this way with anyone. But also, like, are you really okay with this? Are you okay with someone that does not want to be as physical? I appreciate that he got you tickets and that he got you the t-shirt. But, uh, but like, if this is how it is, are you really going to be okay with this? Well, it sounds like it's during the the week, especially. So like he comes home tired from work. He's not like coming over and giving her a kiss or patting her on the back. He's like taking out the trash for her. He's doing acts of service. Yeah, I'm I hear curious that. to know how, if they've discussed this. Like, does he know that your love language is physical touch? I mean, look, I'm not a very touchy person, but, and I will say like when Noah and I see each other at the end of the day, like we don't kiss each other. But we've also been married for five years and I don't know if we ever did that. I just, I think this, I think you're bringing this up because your needs aren't being met. Like these are your needs. Now there is the version where you just lo- like learn like, hey, we are so solid and he just isn't like that and I'm okay with it. And then that's something that you have to accept. But and you don't want him to be uncomfortable, I really think you should see a relationship therapist just because you want to get to a place where you know it's okay, he still loves me, which I think you do, but you're still writing into the podcast. So I just wonder, I just wonder if you're going to be okay with this long-term. Because a lot of women are like, yeah, my husband's like, he's very strong and silent. And like, I'm okay with that. Like, if you were okay with it, then you'd be okay with it. I don't think you're okay with it. I think they should have a conversation first if she hasn't said any of this rather than going to straight to, let's talk to a therapist about these things I've never once mentioned to you. I'm assuming they have had this conversation, but also it's like, you don't want to give them a list of things to do. Like you need to hug me, you need to kiss me. But like in general, it feels like you're not getting exactly what you want, but you are acknowledging that he does other things. So of course, I think you've talked to him. I think it's all about how do you wrap your mind around being okay with it? And I get that he might have like a high stress job, but if it really is like he he can't muster a hug or a kiss, are you guys saying like you don't have sex during the week? Like, is he Trump's lawyer? Like whose job is this high stress? I just, it just seems, uh, seems a little weird, especially like a year in, like it should be like a little bit more physical. Every time I give advice, I'm just like, oh no, is this person not going to come see me again? Like, I don't want people to like (laughs) not be my fan because I gave you like, but I'm just saying like, it's all about you being okay with it because he seems fine. Yeah, but it seems their sex life is a separate issue that I think is fine. This is just the issue of like daily, like affirmation via touch. Again, if it's something you need, unless you can just change what you need, or change your view on it, but you don't want to always be like, it's okay that he didn't hug me because I know that he does love me. Now, there is a version, like I definitely, Noah and I, um, like I think I say I love you more, but I know how much he loves me because he always says it right back and he does acts of service. Like he takes care of so many things. So men sometimes do, are less verbal, but you're asking a man to be more physical, which is not typical because men tend to be. I, I don't know. I think you either need to find a way that you're okay with it or really talk it out to get to a place where you are. Hi, Liza and Emily. It's such a serious podcast. Talking about my party, now it's all serious. We're both ends of the spectrum. Hi, Liza and Emily. I'm wondering your take on tattoos, more specifically tattoos over a certain age. I am a 42-year-old female, have two small, discreet, and meaningful tattoos that were done when I was younger. Many friends have larger works of body art holding various meanings to them. I find myself sometimes wondering if I'm too old to get a larger tattoo that would represent some of the meaningful events and honor the passing of a few very special animals in my life. 
For the record, I'm not talking about getting a portrait, but some meaningful art that would be representative. My employment is such that tattoos would not be frowned upon. I would ensure that they would be mostly covered with sleeves if need be. I'm not 100% convinced one way or the other, just wondering if the age aspect would play a role. I have no children and have a job that involves working with young people 18 to 22. Thanks so much for your insight and for providing great advice every week. First of all, you're never too old to get a tattoo. And there's that thing where it's like, what's it going to look like when you're older? Nobody fucking cares. You're going to look fucking dope. Especially if it's like, oh, wow, that ink is something that you've had for a while. And also, 42 is the best time to get it because you know you didn't make it without your like frontal cortex not being fully formed. Like more thought went into it and you do want it. Um, Get it or don't get it. I'm just saying don't let the age be the issue. That's silly because at 52, you'll be like, why didn't I do this then? There are, however, a lot of reasons not to get a portrait of an animal that passed several years ago. But if you feel that deeply about it and that is how you want to represent them. She's um, not getting a portrait. Fine, small portrait. She's not getting a portrait. No, she she said said larger. She said large tattoo, not a portrait, something meaningful and representative. Okay, I don't know tattoo scale, like venti. more abstract. Yeah, I don't no, know how they do the scale. No, not a portrait. Okay, I, I meant portrait is in size. Okay. Like I think of a portrait as larger. Whatever, it's so not the point. To get a tattoo or not to get a tattoo, the ra- the age is irrelevant. That Nobody's going to think about that or care. Plus, it's your tattoo. So if you feel, if you would let your age dissuade you from getting it, then maybe you don't want the tattoo that badly. Hmm. But the age is just an excuse. You should definitely not get it or get it because of the of the age. That's dumb. Yeah. I, I think at this point, nobody's judging other people. They might judge you if your tattoo is stupid, but not that you have one. <laughs> don't worry. You're a woman over 40. No one's looking at you. <laughs> get it or don't get it, but the age has nothing to do with it. Age yeah. is just a number that tells you how old you are. Hi, pod gang. Long, long time fan. First time writing in. I'll get right into it. I, straight, 28-year-old female. Have a good friend of 10 years, straight, 35 male, that I met through one of his previous relationships. We've always been really close and nothing has ever happened between us, but lately I've been wondering to myself, what if something could happen? We talk to each other about everything, hang out multiple times a month, make each other laugh, and never run out of things to talk about. The problem, and this will sound shallow, is that I've never found him physically attractive. I've said to myself many times over the years, I wish I could find someone exactly like X, just not X. But I've been finding myself wondering about what a relationship with him would be like a lot lately. Last time I was over at his place, I got myself wondering what would happen if I kissed him goodbye. I know that he would be a good partner and we have enough in common that it may be a really good match, but I still don't think he's my type physically and the thought of having sex with him makes me feel weird in a way I can't quite articulate. We've both dated multiple people in these 10 years, but I recently went through a breakup in November, and since then, I've been wondering about this. Should I say something to him? Wait to see how long this goes on. Could I just be lonely? Even though I don't feel lonely, I've been in a good place, not really feeling like I need a partner. Help. You You are lonely. You are at that age where you're starting to get nervous that you won't meet anyone because your 20s are coming to an end, and society tells us that if we're not pregnant with like a full family by 20, then it's over for you. You are not lonely, isn't a bad thing. Like, you, it's a normal human thing. You are not in a relationship. A great way to test if you are actually attracted to this person, because unfortunately for us women, 
we can become attracted to someone even if we are not physically attracted to them at first. It doesn't work the other way for men. You've never met a guy that's like, she was pretty hideous, but we were best friends and eventually I fell in love. It just never happens that way. So the best way to test this is to get in another relationship. And if you cannot get this person off your mind, then it's worth exploring. But what you don't want to do is submarine a friendship where he probably does like you. I don't know what either of you look like, but he probably does like you. Submarine a friendship and play with this guy's heart just because you have no one else. So I'm not vilifying you. I'm just letting you know that's exactly what's going on. Because I was waiting for you to be like, I mean, and he's cute. I don't know. Also, our tastes change. A lot of women are like, oh, I married a guy who is nothing like my type, you know? So maybe it is. You certainly don't want to talk yourself into it, but this guy is filling the role of a boyfriend. All of your emotional needs, all of the attention, he's doing all of those things. And it's probably by design and he loves being there for you. You will know if this guy's attracted to you if you text him at like 10 p.m. and you're like, meet me out for a drink. He probably does like you. Just be careful to not be selfish. He's into you. He's 35 and hopefully you're not hideous. Yeah. He's spending that much time talking to you. Yeah. Sounds like he might be hideous based on the question. He's for sure hideous. I'm saying I don't, if she's not hideous, then, I mean, maybe you're both hideous. No. Uh, just be careful. Just he didn't do anything to you. So just be gentle with him. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to do is lean in and kiss him. And you're like, ugh. And he's like, wow, you finally kissed me. And you're like, um, and it was gross. I got to go. Yeah. Hi, Eliza. Happy birthday. I just turned 40 in November and I had a homecoming dance themed party. I invited about 50 people and everyone who RSVP'd came, but one girl who was in our friend group, very close. We all used to work together. We have a group chat, et cetera. This girl RSVP'd to the party with a plus (gasps) one and was asking people things about the party leading up to the day of. She did not come to the party and did not say anything to me about not being able to make it. She did not wish Mm -hmm. me a happy birthday when my actual date came up. Just crickets. One of the girls asked her why she didn't come, and she said, oh, something came up. We Mm -hmm. ended up ghosting her out of the group. I wanted to tell her that I thought it was rude of her that she didn't say anything to me, but the other girls said I shouldn't because they still work with her. But I feel like you. Who raised you to be doing whatever you want with RSVPs? Can't wait to see you in a few weeks in Tampa. Literally, yes, Tampa, day of party. I had a friend who wrote two emails saying that she was coming, sent me even though I asked people not to, her PCR results, texted another friend, what are you wearing? Texted me, are you wearing heels or boots? And I was like, heeled boots, and then just never showed up. People are fucking weird. Now, this person is not a bad person, but like, it's tough because you don't want to be a a diva about it. And you don't want to be like, it's my birthday. It's rude because you do account for, like you buy food in bulk, like you are accounting for people. And if enough people just don't show up, like you are wasting money and energy and you did invite them. You file it away under this person's rude. You never invite them again and you say nothing. It's not like your best friend, you know? And then she's like, hey, you run into her and she's like, sorry, I missed it. And you'd be like, oh, it was great. Next time. And then there is no next time. Like there's nothing you can say because it's not that it even meant that much to you. It's just like a really lame move and you just remember to never invite that person. Like there's nothing to be said. Like even if she apologized, people did that. They're like day of like, hey, I'm just not going to make it. I'm like, I don't, okay. Like it's insane that you, there are people that have last minute things, but most people just flake because they're shitty. Or she thought it was so big that it wouldn't matter. Either way, it doesn't matter what her excuses. Uh, You just won't invest time in her in the future. Yeah. 
That's it, but I hear you. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, AIA crew, love the pod. Finally got to see you live in the summer of 2021 in Fort Wayne. It was hot as balls, but the show was fire. Yes. I would love Eliza's take on this issue as I know she's often spoken on the importance of kids being involved in some sort of extracurricular activities growing up, specifically sports. My daughter, 13, has played a variety of sports from age four. I would describe her athletic ability as average. She's no (laughs) starter, but she enjoys being part of a team anyway. Her sports of choice are currently soccer and volleyball, and she wants to try tennis this spring. My so issue like, is... like, unfortunately, she's an equestrian, and it's really expensive, and this horse feed is run, eating us out of house and home. <laughs> my issue is my husband. Admittedly, I'm the mom that just wants all the kids to have a good time. My husband gets so freaking worked up watching literal children who are learning a sport that he's unbearable to be around at sporting events. He constantly gets frustrated with our daughter for not being aggressive enough and for half-assing it will often need to, quote, walk away to cool off. He also will talk shit about other athletes and have to remind him that we're sitting near their families and he needs to be kind. 
Now he's talking about how he doesn't think our daughter should play volleyball anymore because she just doesn't get a lot of playing time anyway, and she's shown little improvement during her travel league season. (laughs) And he doesn't want her to go out for her school's middle school tennis team because he's afraid she's just going to phone it in. I'm sorry, she's in a travel league and she's not good? (laughs) Okay, I have... How do I get through to him that it's important for her to try out sports to find her niche and that it's okay if she's not the star athlete as long as she's still enjoying herself and getting other important skills from the experience? That's so rough. That's so rough. It is so important. And your husband is so disappointed that his daughter isn't the athletic phenom that he was. I would I mean, as he was. First of all, it's so gross to see a parent get worked up at a kid's game, especially if your kid is like benched on JV. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't even have a horse in this race. I wonder if there's a way to say to him, like, okay, you go into that little girl's room and you tell her at how old is she? 14? 13. 13, that she sucks. And because she's not good enough, her dad is frustrated. Like you got to have a come to Jesus with your husband because that can have detrimental effects on her self-esteem. And by the way, like she's probably not going to be playing for much longer. Like once you get to the high school level, like I'm assuming, I don't know what kind of school you go to, but there's probably a JV, but like kids tend to like drop out of things that they're not great at um, at a high school level because you do want to be playing. But it's, yeah, be like, do you want to see the look on her face when you tell her that she's a disappointment? Like your husband's dealing with something else and like maybe he needs to take up a sport or a hobby. Be like, go in there right now. Go in there right now and say that to her and look at her face and just know that you did that. Like that's just, that's insane. Yeah. He may want something so bad for, especially if your daughter's like, I just like playing. Like at this age, it should be okay. It is funny to me that she's on a travel team. I guess that's the only way she gets to play because she can't play in the school because she's not good enough. But like- you can get so much from sports that don't have to be like pure muscle tone and like a state championship. Like you can just enjoy being there. So. Right. Also, was your husband this like division one fucking killer athlete? Probably not because his daughter is terrible. So I don't think he passed on any superior athletic genes. You got to sit him down and have it come to Jesus. Yeah. That's fucking gross behavior. Also, you're like, we're trying to like go to fundraisers and barbecues with these parents and I don't want to be married to a psycho. Right, when you're sitting there talking shit about the other kids in front of their parents. Also, like, that's pretty big smack talk for someone whose kid is riding the bench. Just, like, let him know, like, all around it's ugly. I don't mean to, like, shit on your daughter. I'm just (laughs) saying, like, there's nothing worse than a player with a bad attitude. Like, a bad attitude who's aggressive and also bad, I would know because I was that player. But, like, the stakes are not that high. He is uninvited. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be allowed to come anymore if that's how he's going to act around literal children. Seriously, like that's scarring. I wish the coach would yell at him, really shame him. No, what you need is a bigger dad or a large athlete to come over and be like, you sit in your booster seat. Yeah, yeah, you got to tell him what's up. And never let your daughter forget that you're supporting her and how much can be gained from sports. Even if you're the best, there will always be LeBron James. Even if you're the best soccer player, there will always be LeBron James. There's always LeBron James, who's probably really great at soccer. Just like Michael Jordan, so good at baseball. Even if you're the best gymnast, like the day you do the Olympics, someone else could beat you. Like there's, it's about you and yourself being your greatest competition. I hate that. I hate that answer we all have to give because you can't name names. Kick it. Hi, Liz and Emily. 
I'm not in grad school, but fall in line with the other half of your listeners who are getting married and need wedding day advice for my wedding in May. My dad has been an addict of opioids and most recently alcohol for most of my life. He has declined significantly over the last few years, nearly dying multiple times. He currently lives with his 91-year-old mother and refuses to get a job, even when his health wasn't poor, and is a classic narcissist and woe-is-me person. Even though he has been emotionally abusive and barely knows anything about my life, he still calls weekly, mostly to talk about himself, and constantly tells me how much I mean to him and loves me, even though his actions would prove the exact opposite. It would take too long to get more details, but trust me, it's been very toxic. Sorry, the dog barked because Noah sweetly brought me in lunch, but he doesn't know I already had cake, so I'm not hungry. (laughs) But I didn't want to see the look on his little face, so these noodles are just going to go cold. Go on. My question, for my wedding, should I still do a father-daughter dance with him? Part of me wants it, but I feel like I would be too emotional, mainly feeling sad and overwhelmed in the moment, thinking about what I wished our relationship could have been all these years. He wants to do one, but I'm torn. Side note. This also may sound horrible, and I hate to admit it, but I'm slightly embarrassed about his physical appearance. It has drastically Mm. changed since my friends and family have seen him. He doesn't take care of himself, has missing teeth, refuses to buy a suit, yada, yada. Sorry this is Mm. so long. Appreciate any advice. That's so hard. Um, I, my immediate. Oh, oh, go ahead, Emily. I just had an immediate. Ask Eliza anything. It is, but I just had like an immediate thing until that last sentence. My immediate thought was, you know, you're worried about doing the dance because you would be wishing what the relationship is. And in my mind, I was like, oh, do do the dance because that's the relationship you wish you had. But then if he won't buy a suit, it's like, it just is so, like if he can't play along with this wish fulfillment for this day, uh, then what's the point? But maybe he can. Maybe he can play along for one day. It's so tough. That's so tough. I feel so bad for you. Um, Just so you know, when they do those dances, it's really like half a dance. Mm -hmm. I think for our wedding, we did like a minute of the song. Nobody wants to watch you do a whole dance. And then what happens is halfway through the song, they'll say like, and now we welcome the groom and his mother. And then you switch over. It's the symbology. It's not a full like choreographed waltz. So... I think you can endure that. Um, And it's okay if you get emotional. And I don't know deep down what your dad means to you. And I get that it's, um, you're thinking to yourself like, oh my God, dad, like we could have been so great together. Why did you waste my whole life? Like, why did you waste so much time? And you're going to be thinking about that. The other thing is you can just give him the ultimatum. Like you need to get a suit. Like this cannot just be everything that you want. I would not worry about being embarrassed about the way he looks because if he was just sick or if he was an addict and he had been supportive your whole life, you I don't think you'd be as embarrassed. I don't even think it would occur to you. Like, this is my dad. Plus, it's your wedding. No one is going to be like, ew, he looks gross. Like, get him off the dance floor. It's compounded by the way he looks because the way he looks is a physical representation of his lack of respect, not only for him, but for you because he hasn't taken care of himself, because you weren't enough, this is what it's come down to. And I appreciate that being an addict is disease and all this stuff, but it was never enough for him to consider you, which is how you're interpreting a lot of this. So I definitely have been to a wedding or two where there's like a distant father and he came. I went to a wedding where the dad was like kind of out of the picture. He came in a suit. He sat there quietly He didn't walk his daughter down the aisle. Someone, I think the stepdad did or something, but he was just there and nobody, 
he just sat there with dignity and like nobody said anything because every family is different and, and it is your day. I think part of you also is a little angry and you're holding this dance. I'm not saying you're doing this consciously or to be vicious. You're holding this dance. Like, no, you couldn't give me everything. So I don't know that I want to give you this one thing that you're asking for. I say it will remove the embarrassment part. This is your dad who you clearly have feelings for because if you didn't, he would just not be invited to the wedding. Yes, we can do the dance, which will be like a minute 15 but dad, you need to get a suit. And that is my boundary. And you need to respect that. Like you need to show up in this way. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll be glad you did it. And I think it's okay to cry and to be emotional and like to have that moment. And if he can't get the suit, then you really know where you stand. Right. Yeah. If he wants the dance, but he wants to wear shorts, you know, and it's not happening. Because that makes it about him. And this is all about you. And you're like, I'm willing to let you make a little bit of this about you because you want to do this dance, which I do think, caller, that you want a little bit deep down. Um, But he needs to honor your request. So that's my answer. Pretty good answer. (laughs) Hello, AIA crew. This is a very specific question for Eliza. Not about a bridal event, though I may follow up with one of those soon. My question (laughs) is regarding your accent. As I am from... He's like, I'm an addict and I really want to dance at my daughter's wedding. (laughs) All right, go ahead. I am from New York and have family in Texas. You truly do not sound like a Southerner who grew up in Texas. Is that due to your traveling for forever or did you live elsewhere besides Texas growing up? I'm such a huge fan. Adore everything you do. Your baby's locks, since you don't share her face, kudos to you, are exactly as I pictured by how I described them. I find myself quoting you all the time and also heard another comedian on a show talk about the male thickening and out loud in my car said, you jacked that shit from Eliza. Congrats on all your success and I'll be buying Noah's DPP cookbook as soon as I have funds after my cousin's wedding. I watched you guys very frequently. Becky, New York. Becky, a lot of people rip me off, both stand-up and internet comic alike. What are you going to do? At least you know you heard it here first. Um, My... A lot of people who have parents with accents don't have the accent. Um, My mother had a New York accent, but took like elocution, like diction classes to get rid of it years and years ago. So my mother, while I do hear it a little bit, doesn't really have one. None of the kids I went to school with had them. I didn't really go to school in like a particularly rural area or I went to like a small private school. And so... It's just that thing where like, I I don't know why or how certain accents make it and some don't. It wasn't as if growing up, I heard it at home. Uh, My mom didn't have it. And then my dad has this thick New York accent, but I didn't really live with him. And my friends don't sound that way because my friends are kind of, some of their parents came from elsewhere or whatever. So I know what it sounds like. And that's, that's my answer. You know, it's kind of like the same reason, like if your parents are immigrants, you don't have that accent if you're born in America because you're going to a school where you're not hearing it which I always think is so interesting. So that's the answer. I can imitate it. I know what it sounds like. I can hear a tech, I can spot a Texas accent in a sea of Southern accents, but tis not my accent. And that's just, I don't know how the, I don't know. It's like a nature versus nurture. (laughs) My answer. That's my answer. Yeah. And I also think, I know plenty of New Yorkers that don't have New York accents. So I think it's like a surroundings and parent, like voice at home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. None of my friends have that accent. We we all do say y'all though. 
I don't. Which I refuse. I, well, that's fair. I do. It's super Texan, and I'm really bothered by the appropriation of y'all online because, like, TikTokers hear people do it who are usually, like, Black people, like, and that's the way that they talk. So you get these, like, white teenagers, like, oh, hell no, y'all done up and done it. And you're like, please don't say y'all just because you heard it. Like, it's, it's a Southern thing. You sound like an idiot. I know you're from New Jersey. Well, now y'all is supposed to be like folks and that it's a way to refer to a group without gendering them. And I was taught that as like an option in a diversity seminar at work. And I was like, no, I refuse to say it. I would rather call out, I would rather find out everyone's gender, call them out individually than say y'all. Thank I you. do it when I'm just feeling like a little lazy, but East Coast, you have use guys. So you have that and we'll have y'all. And in California, you can just have posse. Party people. (laughs) Hey, pod crew. I've been a fan of AIA since its inception, and I just read the act like a person chapter and all things aside, which is what prompted this question. The part in the chapter where you said, part of being in a society is knowing that your personal behavior the second you leave your home affects those around you really struck a chord. My job requires me to live with the people I work with for months on end. And man, do you really get to see who people are when you live and work with them. I'm the only girl working with slash living with 13 guys and getting these, quote, men to understand that they can't act like fucking Neanderthals and just expect people to accept that is a challenge. I'm a very direct person. I don't mean that in an I'm just an asshole kind of way. If something is bothering me, then I tell the person and we go from there. Problem here is that these boys, instead of accepting what I'm saying and moving it along, just want to argue with me about why their behavior is okay and try to point out things that they think I'm doing wrong. Typically shit you'd experience when dealing, oh, typical shit you'd experience when dealing with teenagers, but we're talking men in their 30s and 40s. I don't know if it's relevant or not, but in, in the work hierarchy, I'm at the top. This behavior causes me to, quote, rage vomit, and after a certain point, I do turn into an asshole. How the fuck do you deal with these boys and their fragile egos? Thanks for the endless laughs and sage wisdom. P.S. Emily, your cats are so adorable, and I love their names. No. Mel. Ha, 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 ha. Well, Mel, I don't know what you do, so I don't know. Sounds like, are like you in a firehouse? Like a barge. Oh yeah, it could be a firehouse. So I don't know. I don't know how like folksy you can get. I don't know. So that's tough. That's a missing piece of the puzzle. I also have to say, if you are at the top of the food chain, there is always the disconnect between the workers and the boss. Like it is nature. It is normal for them to like dissent a little bit because you're the boss. You know. Like it's always normal to like talk shit and give your boss kind of a hard time. Be- like just like students do it to teachers. Um, it's very punk rock. It's tough because as women, you run that risk of like, am I being a bitch? But like, as long as everything you do is above board and you're doing your job and everything is clearly outlined, I think the best way to do it, first of all, you always be direct and you always re-remind these people like, hey, I'm speaking to you like like a man, like I'm being honest with you. Always remind these guys that you are treating them the way that they've asked to be treated. Hey, I wanted to give you the respect of talking to you like this. And if you need to say like you're being kind of a bitch, like men don't like that and they puff up and they're like, oh no, I'm not. You just keep, it's tough to say like when they go low, we go high. But you can be like, you're acting like, don't say a child because men don't care. But you can be like, I'm giving you the respect of letting you know that that's disrespectful or that that's out of bounds. And, you know, try to find your allies in the group, but be like, what about me talking to you like an adult is not working for you? 
again, I don't know what you do, so it's hard. And I'm sure part of it is that you're a girl. I think it's hard to separate those things. Um, the other version is you're actually terrible at your job and these guys are just trying to get some extra cake at dinner. But you always make sure that your work is impeccable. That way they can never come for you. And you keep a record of everything. And you just, you don't slip because their behavior is inappropriate. Like you don't go down to their level and you just keep it right there and you don't lose your cool. You know, and it's natural for them to like gang up or whatever, but you just be like, I don't know how else to communicate with you. I'm asking you to be respectful. I'm treating you like an adult. If there's something you want to say, you should say it. Like keep giving them the opportunity to hang themselves or rise to the occasion. And at the end, they'll apologize or one guy will email and be like, hey, that was really rough. You were really great. No one's going to support you in it. So just know like it will all come out in the wash. And please let us know what you do. I think you work in a firehouse. I think you're a fireswoman. Fireswoman. And then honestly, I don't really talk to hecklers online, but anytime someone goes out of their way to like find my page and say something shitty, I always want to be like, I am not going to have sex with you. So I don't know what you want from me. Like we were never going to fuck. Like it was never. And like, I didn't want to be like, yes, you did because you're gross. And men will have, which makes me sound bad, but like, Sometimes I like you can't say that at work, but like some dude will be like, hey, like you're a bitch with opinions. I heard you on Rogan. I'll be like, we were never going to fuck. So I don't know why you're here. Like it was, it, this is, I'm never going to be like, wow, tell me more. Break down my walls. Wow. I love how you're peacocking. Get out of here. It's just weak beta behavior. Kick it. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Sierra, and Fluffy Baby Tianfu. Quick question. Does that ever get easier leaving your pup with a sitter when you travel? I'm going home for only five days, but feel so guilty leaving my boy with a sitter. For context, I rescued him in November, so I've only had him for a few months. Much love to you all. Laura. Don't feel guilty. The dog doesn't know who you are or that you're gone and you'll be home in five days and they won't know the difference. Just remember, you're paying money to make sure that he's cared for and feeling good. Think about that versus like leaving him at home with like a giant bowl of food. Right. I always leave Tianfu with a friend. We don't have like a dog place because Tianfu is, she's not cool. Um, a friend is always good. If you can get a friend to stay at your house, we have a nice house. So sometimes we'll offer that. Like you can stay here, use the pool. Just please have your life revolve around the small Chinese dog. Don't feel bad. The dog feels the same way when you leave the room for an hour or a day. It doesn't matter. Dog's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's normal to feel bad and sad, but you're taking care of them by doing this. Don't feel bad. Top of the cob. Okay. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My bottom of the cob is, I don't know. This has got to be normal because I never think that I'm so like extraordinary that like only I feel this way. It's hard for me to not look back on large events I guess particularly my 40th birthday, my 30th birthday, my wedding. And the first thing that comes to mind is all the things that went wrong because I'm the one that planned it. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to like retrain my brain. I'm like, I'm only allowing myself to verbalize how much I loved it. But I think sometimes if you're too close to an event or art or something that you make, it's hard to to look back on it with only rose-tinted glasses. It's hard to do that when you know all the things that it could have been. Like you have expectations. Like bad. the bad example is like at my party, like I really wanted a roller blader to go around and like serve shots to everyone. And we planned it and she showed up in roller skates and she was amazing. 
And she was so cool. And like everyone thought it was so cool and she was doing tricks. But like to me, roller skates are 1970s and this was supposed to be 90s, 2000s, which is rollerblade. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't, like in my head, I'm like, okay, I said this maybe seven times that it had to be rollerblades. Um, but it's, it's like, what are you, like there's nothing to be done about it. But like, I can't like, there's like little things that like I just can never let go. And I think about my wedding and I think about like all the critiques my mom had. And like, I just want to start looking back on things with like happiness, not like, well, here's something that you can never change that could have been better. And it mm-hmm. really vexes me that I'm like this. Really does. Yeah. Uh, my bottom is I'm sick. I have a cold, I think. My throat hurts. I had to drink tea today. I don't like it. What kind of tea? Like a Starbucks venti no, macchiato I bought, tea. I bought like a thing of like stupid a mixed pack of like Twinings tea ages ago when my my neighbors were like inviting me over for tea. So I invite them over for tea. So I ha- bought tea for them in case they wanted it. I invite them over because I'm sick. I'm like, come on over. Let me cough on you and your tea. Let me stir it with a spoon and have your mind get weird. And then you can live in my house. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry you're sick. Thanks for doing the pod anyway. <laughs> I guess my top of the cob was a feeling. My top of the cob was we had this party. I had everything until two, but at one, I was like, shut it down. We got to go home. And I went home and that feeling of like a little like drunk and whatever from your party, getting into the shower and washing off all the glitter, all the makeup, taking your hair out. I feel this way too, like going to any formal event and just like dousing yourself in like oil and lotion and getting into bed in like a giant set of pajamas and a robe and just like falling asleep at like 2 a.m. Like, I did it. I had the party and now I'm back safe in my big clothes. Like, it's so fun to get dressed up and do a night. It was really, I had the best time and I was a little tired at my party. And I go over to my friend Jamie and I was like, I'm kind of tired. I want to go home. She goes, it is 1030. And I was like, but I couldn't take a nap today because I was so excited for my party. So I must have tried the best time. But yeah, that feeling of coming home and getting to just like crawl back into the caterpillar that you are. That what was time my did top you get home? Call. Probably like 1.30. Okay. About a half, maybe one twenty. left at one. My top of the cob is the kittens are getting fixed tomorrow, which will be kind of the last big thing I have to do for them. And hopefully they then will not go to the hospital for a long, long time. So... I'll be glad to get that. I'm str- I'm anxious about it happening and then keeping them from licking themselves and each other. But then we'll be like set. People keep being like, watch out. They're going to try to have sex with each other. I'm like, I- he just had, Gross. Rosoli just had surgery. Like I had to wait. I couldn't, he couldn't get surgery and then get another surgery. Like give me a B. They're getting older. I know. So it's happening tomorrow. Um, okay. I feel like the hospital should be like naming a wing after you. You should definitely have some sort of credit, like a buy 10 surgeries, get one free, but I hope everything's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Really hate that you spent $8,000. I still think about that. Um, <sighs> you guys can come see me at the Encore Theater at the Win. It's this weekend, March 10th and 11th in Las Vegas. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. A lot of people have asked me about the meet and greet. Uh, the casino is handling it. So I think when you buy the tickets, you have the option to add it on. It's all through the casino for this event. And then, of course, I'm going to be coming to you, Florida, March 16th in, at the Tampa Event Center. we got two shows for that. The Hard Rock Live in Orlando on March 17th. Two shows for that. Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida on March 18th. Um, and then, of course, back in California, it's Fantasy Springs Resort and Casino in Indio, California. 
and we will be announcing the fall tour dates very soon. I'm very excited. Come see me in Vegas. Make a trip. Make a girls weekend. Get a nice lunch and come see me. And it's like we always say in the swimsuit modeling industry. Two pieces aren't enough. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.